You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. She's not here. She's not on today. She's out of town. She's too embarrassed to be on. She's uh she's fighting a good fight in Florida against the Florida man. Florida man. Uh, it's episode two hundred and eighty nine. I had to look at it because I don't remember. Two eighty nine. We're getting close to the three hundred mark. That's two eighty nine, and we're looking fine. Another um, milestone coming up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna sing a Christmas song, and then <laughs> I decided not to. That's okay. You never uh, sing the right words, anyway. You know what? They're my songs. I can sing whatever the fuck I want. Um, it's not the joy of the season. I'm, I'm having a rough couple of days. I, so kids that are listening to this show, if, if there are children or younger folks, when you get older, sometimes your back just fucking starts hurting for no reason. You don't know what you did. Sometimes you know. Sometimes you just breathe. Yeah, sometimes you know, it's, like, you can feel it. You're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have bent and stretched and turned in that manner. Now I'm in pain. You turn forward and it's like, now you're going to wake up in pain. It doesn't help that I'm a fat guy, right? That's not exactly great for my physique. Uh, you know, my core strength is holding up a lot of fat, not necessarily my back. So uh, I don't know what I did. Like, Sunday morning, I was fine. And then I, I was downstairs working on some stuff and I got up and my back was just hurting. And I'm like, what in the fuck? Just like, what did I do? Like all of a sudden my back was really painful and I was like unable to focus is how much pain it was. So I come upstairs and I just like can barely move. Like, this sucks. So here we are Tuesday. It is feeling better than it was Sunday and better than it was yesterday. But it still fucking hurts. It makes working really hard because it's hard to concentrate. So you get hurt back, Chris, today. Um, you know, hurt back mountain. Yeah, hopefully it's better before the weekend because I've got stuff at work and then I've got the, got the ugly sweater party ugly coming up. Sweater party that I have to win and I don't know. I got some good stuff again this year. Yeah, I've actually given up on winning. I put a lot the of effort. ugly sweater thing has hasn't become an ugly sweater. It's become a cleverest sweater. Yeah. The snowman with the dick or like, you know. Well, like last year, Jody won because kiss it was Kiss Me Under the Mistletoe and, and then she had, she had it on her belt. Yeah. But I mean, Chris's thing, it had light up lights on it. It was great. But, the actual yeah. sweater, I've kind of sort of given up because. The present isn't the winner though, Jer. It's, it's the. It's the sweater. It's the sweater, so. To, to host the party. And I don't think, people that wear this shit, I don't think they realize what they're getting into in hosting the party. Yep. And and it's a it's a it's I, a tradition. I know our dear friends who won last year are a little panicky about this year. Yes, they are because they're like, "What? We got to host it? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it still this day? Yeah. I mean, they they always knew that they that they had to host it. I just I just don't think they realized how much kind of goes into it's a lot. It. And we don't, we don't talk about it a lot. In fact, I don't know that we've really talked about it a lot on the well, show. I think that we kind of didn't just. Um, it's it's kind of a couples thing. Um, it's uh, yeah. So we have a, a small tight knit group of friends that. Um, we were our own COVID pod essentially for the last two years. We all hung out with each other quite regularly because fuck all, we're still going to have barbecues even with COVID. Because and within our little group, we don't venture outside of our little group. Much. No, and we're all responsible individuals that mask up and get we, vaccinated. Yeah, we all either got vaccinated or we're careful. And anyway, 
Sure feels like the volume's really low tonight. I'm going to fix that. As we so talk anyway, um, so this is a, I think that, that Chris and I started the second or third year, Jeremy, that you guys had it. It was right, probably right in the beginning. Second, so, probably this, maybe the second, second year. So we, we actually had some other people involved in the first year that we went, um, we had it at Fiddler's Elbow and, and, and. Fiddler's. And no, it was Fiddler's Elbow. And yeah. then we. <laughs> I thought you said filters. So did I. I'm like. It's oh fiddlers. no, fiddlers. fiddlers. And so then we we. Where we have it's not important, folks. No, but like, but it was a thing, and and then it kind of got away from people understanding because you have to really understand so exactly me, what it is. Instead of beating around the bush, I'm going to tell people what we do. So there's a couple key things that go on at our. It's an ugly sweater party. Now this was started years ago before the stupid ugly sweater thing became popular. Right when you actually like, had to go look for an ugly sweater, like my first one, I think I bought it at Kmart. We had to go seek them out either at crappy department stores like Kmart or at the DI. And these are the true like when you watch like old movies, like and the eighties grandmas wearing it, and they're wearing ridiculously stupid sweaters, the poinsettias, like, and all yeah, and they have of... like fucking puffballs on them and shit. Though those are the kinds of sweaters that we look for. I mean, now you can go to Walmart and buy the ugly sweaters because they're a joke, and people have ugly sweater days that they go out. But these were truly ugly sweaters, and this was before it got popular and all that shit happened. So we have a couple things that occur at this. So. Where it's at is determined by the winner of last year's ugliest sweater. So we have a vote. Every year, the group of friends, the very small, tight-knit group of friends votes. Whoever has the ugliest sweater ends up winning. They get a coveted award. Or the favorite sweater, I I think, is really what it is. They get a coveted award. Sometimes I think it's also, we want this person to host next year. So it's a, but they get a coveted award that must be prominent. It, It is a, it is a trophy. We're on the second rendition of said because trophy. Because we had a really cool one, and that, like that, said, that, with the it, prior friends, it got lost. So we have a trophy. With uh, the Pope, with the Christmas sweater Pope This on one it. has a Christmas sweater Pope. Um, so when you win, you have to update the trophy, meaning add Oh, something. did we remind the Hughes that they need to update oh, the trophy? Oh, you should probably send I'm, I'm sending send a, send a, send a message so now. Part of it. So you, you gotta, have to upgrade the trophy. You also have to prominently display the trophy in your home. Out the air. If we go to your home and the trophy's not on display, you are a failure. That trophy must be visible in your home somewhere, not down in the basement in a box. It nope. needs to Does be it count if we put it in the podcast studio since we have people down here every no, that's single fine. day? That's perfectly fine. If we put I it, think it would be awesome, if like an awesome it, subject to talk about. If we put it in the closet that's closed, that would be a problem. Right. The years we've won it, we've had it in our kitchen up like there. Up on the, up on the I don't shelf. think anybody's ever even noticed. That's where Sean and Vanita had theirs most yep. of the year, too. Up on the kitchen, up in there. So... Anyway, the trophy grows. Um, there's a little plaque that goes with it that we put the winners' names on. Um, it's it's really just a fun thing. There's another competition that also happens. So sometimes there's a meal that's served. I've done like I did. I I think I uh, a, a pork crown roast. Uh, we've done dinners. Year. We've done charcuteries. We've gone to. We've eat. gone out to eat. We've... But there's always a white elephant gift exchange. And now, I think this is important to discuss because this is where everyone gets it wrong. And usually. You can tell if it's, we're very selective about who we let into the fold because it's a fun event and we don't want it to get huge and we don't want a ton of people that we don't know so that they don't understand that they have to host parties and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, our white elephant is a special white elephant. So typically, 
<laughs> when you think white elephant, you're like, oh, something other five or ten bucks. It's kind of kitschy and kind of funny, and you get it. No. Or, but maybe semi-useful, you know. That is not <laughs> the goal. The goal in this white elephant is to find the most fucked up thing. Offensive weird that you possibly jeremy likes going down the offensive route he tries to find the most racist shit he can at thrift stores i did have the two years of vibrators um no i have those well you won them <laughs> but yeah um but and by vibrators it's not a new one these are like 19 19- like massage vibrators 1950s personal massagers in the original boxes yes with Fan- the braided wire like fry yourself oh, in yeah. the ground. fantastic stuff the really flat two-prong cord yep that, so, so the goal here is to find the most ridiculous, messed up thing you can. And some of us look all year round. All year. And sometimes there are a couple of gifts that actually get recycled because they're so fucking creepy. No one wants to keep them, but no one wants to throw the shit away that we get. That's the really funny part. Uh, so anyway, so like, for example, there was a taxidermied frog. Quite horribly taxidermy. With a sombrero nailed to its and head. And a saxophone nailed to its hand. Yep. Um, so, the, anyway, those are the two things that always happen at the Christmas party, and then whoever hosts gets to decide other stuff. So we always have a lot we of fun. We usually will play some games and chat. And, but we do it every year. I don't know And it's just us, and, and before anybody can get invited to it, like, there's a core, core there's, group of there's folks a quor- that There's a quorum that has to agree. <laughs> Yep. Because uh, we've had bad things happen before. So anyway, that's our Christmas fun time when we talk about the sweater party. That's what we're talking about. You'll probably hear all about it next week. Depending oh, yeah. on, We're what, definitely going to have to do a follow-up. And we'll probably put some pictures of some of the fucked up stuff that that is there. Um, so anyway, just uh, just a little update there. Um, also, uh, Bree has puppy fever. Puppy fever. I kind of do, too. Yeah. It, it was it was a close call there for a minute. The um, I don't know if you remember um, the Jordans. They lived across the street from from Valley Junior High. Oh yeah, Jordans. Yeah. Uh-huh. So his um, um, he does your photos sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Done before, I can't think yeah. of his first name. Devin. Devin. Thank you. Fuck you. Devin known him for like thirty years. I could all I could think of was cricket. Anyway, Devin Jordan. That's also his name. It's his nickname. Um, he, he and his w- new wife, um, they had a son a couple years ago and they've, they've, they've gotten a, ho- a new house now and they've, they got some dogs and they didn't fix their dogs. And so one of their dogs got pregnant. So they had the cutest little healer mix puppies. And one of them was just like, Oh man, I wanted that puppy and I screenshotted it to Chris and Chris was scrolling through the face, but like we were really going down the rabbit hole and today Chris looked and that puppy has, has gone. So I'm like, okay, that's a sign, but the ugly like, bug eyed one's gone too. We were, we were pretty far down that rabbit cause Phoebe's two and she really does need a friend. So but, come but, here, Jeremy. But Chopper <laughs> is, you know, 14 and he, he's already, he's blind and he's deaf and, you know, he has back problems and he has his collapsed no, trachea. Come here. Come here. And, uh, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe is a lot for him. So, and so we vacillate between, um, getting a puppy for Phoebe to distract her from Chopper. Just a friend. It's not a distraction. And, it's a friend. and, and Chopper just going, really? You guys got another one? What the hell? 
Those and are some cute puppies. So, so, but it is, when I said the ugly bug-eyed one, there's like always that one dog in the litter. That just doesn't look right. didn't get the genetics that all the others did. So like these dogs are beautiful. They're like healer mixes. They've got all the like beautiful, like really crazy good coat, you know, coloring and stuff. Then there's this one female that's like hunched over. Her eyes are like <laughs> bulging out. She... <laughs> She's definitely not as cute. She definitely got the shit end of the uh, genetic spectrum. That, like Lady Domino got that. She look. got yeah. She got that extra sperm that wasn't supposed to make it to an egg. And the egg kind of floated down. It was going out. Like hey, I'm unfertilizing it. Or just kind of ran into the sperm. That's her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I Didn't think quite get all the chromosomes. But I still want a puppy. Uh, these are going to be ready right at Christmas too. And like it was an accidental breeding. Well, and the the, tr- the the biggest trouble is Chris loves a healer. And so I told him since he let me get the pit bull mix that I wanted. I let her get the giant fucking dog. That um that the, the next dog that we would get, we would try and find some sort of a healer mix. And so it's just this. Anyway, we we have a trip in February and I, it's not it's not good time. We'll see. But. We'll just wait till Chopper dies. He's going to live to be like 30, though. <laughs> it's he's going to be he's going to live to be so old that. Phoebe will be old and we'll have to just get two new puppies. It's funny because, because Chopper, you know, Chopper is older than almost everyone else's dogs. Like he was older than Ebo was. Yeah. And Ebo passed away. He's older than Mr. Pickles and Pickles, I don't, Pickles has got like a year left probably. I don't know. Like he might have a lot longer. I, I'm not sure, but he's definitely like, he's all gray. He's definitely a lot older, but Chopper's deaf as shit. He's blind as fuck. He falls down the stairs now, uh, and he's in, he's in no danger of dying anytime soon. No, nope, he think. still gets all excited and he's jumps like up on you. That one great uncle who has smoked his whole life and <laughs> it's yeah. 103 and still like <laughs> 103 still has a lust for life. We'll catch him still just fucking staring into nothing for a while. But uh, anyway, uh, so you guys are at that boutique. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, the one that Julia week. talked about last week. So just a little follow up. It went really well. It was a lot of fun Um because she, she went to Florida. I had to go take her stuff down, but she sold quite a bit. Does she pay you for that shit? Like, no, she understands. Like, she's the dad. He's the dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dads don't ask for money, but it, it was it, it was fun. And really, my whole point to this is is shop local. There wasn't hardly any of this last year because of COVID, but this year there's a lot more of these boutiques, Christmas mm-hmm. shops. Um, go spend your Saturday at them. Go there's, check them out. There's less traffic than at the fucking stores at whatever place, I guarantee All it. local stuff, all local. This one had local artists and local crafts and like the popcorn vendors and all the fun stuff, but go check it out. I mean, you've only got and a couple of weeks till Christmas. The winter market is open as well, and I think it's just at Pioneer Park, if I remember right. So I know Oleo's still going strong with their Saturday market. Yeah, they got a lot of people up there. So, um, so yeah, shop local. Try to keep your dollars here. Uh, it helps the community a lot more. Um, we're done shopping. <laughs> Been done. We're done, and it's almost completely wrapped. There's a few more little things that, that we're waiting for. That are supposed. A couple of them are supposed to come tomorrow and stuff. But like, we're ready to ship to Cassie and nice. I've got all the stuff that I buy for my mom for Sean. Uh, all to my mom. It's good stuff for your new daddy. No, oh, wow. fuck him. <laughs> your new daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, new papa. <laughs> Can I call you daddy? <laughs> Should I call you father or daddy? She's gonna fucking murder us. Both, okay, so no to that. Sorry. Um. 
It's supposed to snow finally tomorrow. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, I hope it snows and doesn't just blow right over us. They talked, yeah, they talked about Monday snow. Nothing they talked about today. In fact, Monday like looked. 50. Monday looked like it could have snowed, it but did. it, it, it was, was cold. Yeah, I think it was a little cold. Um, but hopefully it will snow, which means plows. And I didn't know that we're having a competition. Oh yeah, so Salt plows. Lake City has, I want to say, twelve new. Uh, trucks, and so they're having a little competition right now to name it. And so one of the little suggestions they had was Baby Snoda. Is it to name one truck or no, all, all of 12? them? So all you would them. name them all Baby Snoda? No, 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 no. Each one gets its own name, but they're taking. It's a little poll if you go on per one per truck, one per truck. So how? Is, what are the other names? I I just saw that one. Thought it was funny. Oh wow. So so, but if you're interested, just go online. Plowy McPlowface, is that going to be one of That'd them? Be a good oh, I'm one. sure it will be. Plowy McPlowface. Bodie McBoatface won forever ago in that other competition. Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. Well, that's what they named it. Yeah. Nuggety Chicken Face. I don't know. Called it like Yellow sh- Snow Eater. See? Lots of good Brown stuff. Brown Snowmaker. So I know you can go through any of their social media, Twitter, or just go to their uh, saltlakeslc.gov and go to the little poll. And I, I'm not sure what you get if you win, other than you got to name it. You got to be like, look. Other than when you drive around and you see that snowplow, hey, you're look, like, I named that. It's Lemonade Maker. That's mine. What the hell? That's a dog. Lemonade Maker? Yeah, they're the ones that pee in the snow. <laughs> pee in the snow, too. Freaking snowplows <laughs> don't make the snow brown, and they don't make the snow they do yellow. Make they the do snow make brown. the snow brown. Especially if you're driving next to them and it flips yeah. up on your windshield, that is yeah. some brown. No, they are scraping Nasty. the snow car- off of the, the dirty ground. They're how not about, making it brown. How about car fuckers? Because they fuck up your car if you're behind them. I don't think that they'll put that on a so, snowplow. And if it's like late at night and that stuff size, they'll go right through your windshield. What? But if, if you're going the opposite way, like on the freeway at night, and they're flipping that ice up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, that's bad, don't, bad news. Well, what the fuck are you driving so close to them on the freeway Get for? away from them. On that side of the road. You know their plows shovel to the right, and guess what? You'd be on the left. So I don't know what the fuck you're doing driving on the right side of them, you <laughs> crazy bastard. They will mess your car up. Have you ever seen one flip? That's interesting. I, I did. I, not like firsthand, but I remember last year, the one up Parley's that like. Yeah. They, if they catch their blades wrong, it's, it's not easy to drive these big plows. They're not like little fucking trucks with a stupid plow attachment. They're that actually, the, the plows are so big, the blades on them and they stick out. If you don't position the blade right and it catches on the, on the asphalt, not only does it fuck up the road, but it will cause your entire giant ass fucking 12 ton dump truck to flip over. Yeah, because the back. So here in Utah, they use salt. So because we have an because we have an abundance of it. So it's a basically it's a dump truck with a spreader on the back. Yep. So they're plowing it, and if you see them on the freeway and you catch it just right, there'll be like three of them. Yeah, they try to line up so they push they, it all. They, yeah, they go in like a diagonal line so that so the one goes, and then the second one gets the what it pushes into the lane, and then the third one gets that one. And don't. Don't be that fucking idiot that's like, oh, I'm going to get in front of these guys. Because guess what? The safest place to be is about 300 feet behind, behind them. them. Just stay 100 yards back. You won't get hit by the uh, the salt that's coming out of them. And you will have the safest drive into work. It might be a little slow, but I guarantee you, you're not going to crash like but you you'll arrive you alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So name a truck. Do it. Also, uh, if you see trucks uh, like water tanker trucks driving with sprays coming out the back of them, like it's a bunch not of water, lines, dude. It's salt solution to solution the road so they don't get icy. So if you are driving at some point and the road is dry and you see white stripes, 
They have salt solution, solution in preparation yeah. of snow so that as the snow falls onto the asphalt, it melts and stops it from yeah, sticking. And they, they cannot do it on wet concrete or asphalt. So. so they do it when it's dry and it causes the salt to, just like if you had a salt line on anything else that causes it to turn white. And that's your lesson on snow plows for the week, <laughs> folks. Those of you who aren't used to driving in Utah, and the first time it snows, it's like mass hysteria. Snowmageddon. Like oh, we all forgot. forgot how to drive in the storm. Fuck, it's been six months. I don't remember. Collisions, crashes, rollovers. Yeah, it's getting longer and longer between snows now. It, just by the way, just because you have a big four-wheel drive truck does not mean you still get to drive at 80 on the freeway. Uh, sure as hell does. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do that in my front-wheel drive car. Are you kidding me? It's probably safer in your front-wheel drive car because your car is lower to the ground. Uh, it's true. The spin-outs are a lot tighter. Less likely to it's roll. It's the Jeeps that, that just are so top-heavy. Yeah, and they just have such a narrow wheelbase, actually. And they roll pretty easy. Yes, they do. Well, back with us again this week. It's been a long time. We have uh, Tamara Leonard, which is, you know, Tamara... Tanner. He does that every time. He has called random people like Steve and their name is Mike. It's it's right in front of me and I always look at it (laughs) so I don't mess it up and I still just say whatever I want. That's Tanner Tanner was with us (laughs) almost four years ago. Episode ninety six and this is episode two eighty nine. Wow. So I figure (laughs) we do about fifty two a year because, you know, never skip a beat there. Uh, it's been almost four years. That's wow. a long time. Well, congratulations to you guys. That is a lot of podcasts to have time. under your belt. Yeah. So episode 96, if you want to go hear all about Tanner's biography and history, because I'm sure we got into a lot of that. Uh, I didn't listen to the episode again because I'm kind of lazy. But, uh, you know, we wanted to catch up. Tanner is, um, you know, we refer to Tanner as, as the uh, Utah liquor lawyer because... Uh, <laughs> Except for I try and get him to say attorney because I hate that he says lawyer. It is really <laughs> close to liar every time I say it. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a slight on the profession. I don't think anything bad about you guys. I just suck at talking. Obviously. Well, I'm originally from Alabama, so I try to avoid saying lawyer okay. as well because it does come out liar. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, it's the te- it's the Texas accent that's left over from when I was a small child. It took me. I always tell people, you know, I I left Texas in second grade to go to Wyoming. And it took me 10 years to stop saying wash. <laughs> Get that extra like, extra R in there. My former father-in-law, I don't know how he did this. He's from California. says wash. Yeah, I still say y'all. I mean, that's a very I say y'all. Thing. But do you say all y'all? Oh, yeah. I do say all y'all. I cut all my stuff short. I actually started doing that, like, with this more movement of kind of the they, their thing. I've... I, I don't know that I know anyone personally that's asking for they, there, but I've been trying to move away from... <laughs> from gentlemen or ladies or whatever and so i say folks and all y'all and stuff i still say guys it means he does and and for him for chris guys is he'd say guys and include us it's like in the south they say go get a coke that doesn't necessarily mean coke that could be any yeah we've got coke well what kind do you have yeah Yeah. oh we got sprite dr pepper (laughs) what kind of coke yeah (laughs) well i don't mind attorney lawyer the only thing that does sometimes sound you just get a negative connotation as counselor because usually <laughs> it's only a judge saying, 
And what was your point, counselor? Yeah. And that means, and that means you're a trial attorney. <laughs> it usually just means it's watch a, your step. Yeah. It's a dig. <laughs> and you don't really do, I mean, the kind of law that you practice, you don't really do a lot of trial based stuff yourself, right? That's correct. I'm not in a courtroom very often anymore. My judges, if I were to have judges to appear in front of, are the DABC commissioners which is different from a lot of attorneys' practices because they'll be in front of a different judge for every case, and you might have appeared in front of that judge a few years before. But with me, it's the same people every every single month. They're like, you again. <laughs> how, how, often do the, how often do the members of the DABC rotate? I, I, I don't know that I, I know that. So they're appointed by the governor, I believe... It's for a period of two years, and most of them are appointed again and serve another two years. And every once in a while, you have somebody withdraw. We had a guy who was a commissioner, and then when the whole thing with uh, beer coming under the state, uh, instead of just having to be local um, licensing, they went to the state. He, he, he was affiliated with the grocery store. So he was like, well, I have a conflict of interest now. So I had to resign. He had to wait, resign. Wait, wait. A government official resigned from a conflict of interest. Whoa. I don't wow. know that a government, <laughs> are they government officials? I suppose they're they appointed are. by the governor. Yeah, that's would, true. They're paid by the that's state, true. right? Is, is it, is it a myth that they're all members of a certain predominant religion? It is definitely a myth. Oh, good. In fact, state law says that you can't have a, a majority of any one political party. And that's another way that we lost a commissioner. She had, you remember a couple of years ago when people were changing their political affiliations so, so that, they, so they could vote for the, so that they could. They could vote in the Republican primary for the And she was, she was notified, uh, you were appointed as a one party and you're not that party anymore. And she had to get off. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that that either. She didn't think of it either. Yeah, apparently. And it's not like you, it's not like it's really easy for her to just shift back at that point. I don't think so. It must not have been. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I think Chris and I are both still registered that way so we can yeah, I'm participate not gonna, in more primaries. I'm not going to change it. I don't ever have choices on the Democratic side anyway. So <laughs> I, I I don't know the last time that I had an actual like two people on the Democratic Party running for the same seat. We can't even get them to run for all of the seats yet. So That's, that's true. There's so many unopposed races. It's, it's, well, in Riverton, we talked about this last yeah. month with the elections in Riverton, which is where I live. The two Republicans ran completely un... Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same thing here. We had a council person run unopposed. I mean, they weren't, they weren't, you know, Republican or Democrat, but they were unopposed. unopposed. Which is a little crazy to me, but... Sometimes that's how it works out. No one wants to be involved. So, so, so let's kind of get into a little bit of this. So th- almost four years ago when we spoke, I'm trying to remember what was, was important at the time. I know that the, we uh, were talking about the Zion, the curtain. Zion curtain was a big deal. The, this is a bar. This is not a bar. Cause that, that was, that was right when, uh, was it Eccles or Rose Wagner where they had the bar inside the theater and then they had to build the special like, um, Things so you couldn't see into it from the, the top Zion of the ceiling. Yes, because right. you could see it from like a couple floors Balcony up. I think it was something. Rose Wagner that did it, but I'm not sure. But you could see it like from two floors up, and they were like, "Well, kids can see the alcohol, so so they're automatically going to become alcoholics." <laughs> 
We both know that our kids are because, you know, we have alcohol in our homes. Yeah. You can just see it. They're hardcore. So that that was kind of what was going on going on at the time. So fill us in a little bit. I know a lot has changed. A lot has changed. So that is one of the unique things about Utah liquor laws. Almost every state has some weird, crazy liquor laws. Like every single state. You're from down south. Like Arkansas has tons of dry cities and towns. Weird and dry counties. Absolutely. The issue with Utah is that we seem to change them every year fairly arbitrarily. And so since I've been on here, there's been four big omnibus bills. I want to I want to see if I can guess some of the really big changes in those four years. All right. There's two that involve the number five. I was going to say, <laughs> so one of them is the change in the DUI law. To, to point oh five. five. Um, there is the change in uh, percentage of alcohol in beer. That's another. Uh, that can one's be 5.0. Zero three, now it's zero five. Or was it zero three two by volume? But yeah, no, it's five point zero. It was three point zero, now it's five point zero. If you had point three, I, I, you could drink a lot more before you got to point five. <laughs> I so, was about to say that's more like that's that's less than mouthwash. I was just gonna say those are the two biggest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a change in the law? It feels to me like there was a change in the law as to how many bars could exist in a certain area. So they had the so. One of the things that kind of came in a big, huge omnibus bill was taking down the Zion Curtain, or at mm-hmm. least the opportunity to. Some people still keep it up. But now you can not have the Zion Curtain as long as minors are not allowed within 10 feet of a bar. And so that's how they got rid of the Zion ceiling, because obviously kids yes. who are two stories up are more than 10 feet away. But in that same bill... They changed the number of how many bars are allocated by population. So it used to be, I believe, somewhere in the 8,000. So if there, you know, one bar for every 8,000 people in Utah. And now the number is, I believe, 10,500 about that way. So they made it worse. So they made it a little worse. And that was all part of, uh, there was a license called a bar establishment that they got rid of that specific bar license it's frustrating it feels like we take one step forward and two steps back so it's like we'll give you this but then we're going to take away that and that it always always is anytime there is any movement it's definitely never in one direction i know at one time so those of you who can't see which is everybody we have a curtain behind us that looks like a starship but that one time we really wanted that to be a Zion's curtain. Yeah, well, cause, well, I don't remember which. I can't remember which which uh, which brewery had made that. But they, was it Salt Flats? When we went no, there? no. But they one of them had actually put up a Zion a big curtain, curtain. Like, but it says and, Zion. Curtain. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. <laughs> like the one per ten thousand people. I'm just trying to put it into perspective because in my hometown there are six bars and there's only 12,000 people. <laughs> We're not that far away. I mean, it's like two and a half hours, but it's it's weird to think on those terms. Uh, you know, we talked a few weeks ago, Riverton City is getting its first actual bar. It's exciting. Yep. It's exciting times. And that's actually kind of off here, something I want to talk to you about because I'm actually helping the people who are creating it. And I, I, I kind of already gave them your name and said, well, if you have issues... 
I know you who you can talk to. Well, yeah, let's definitely talk about that <laughs> off air because uh, on air, I'm not giving any legal advice. Right. Yeah, I think There's that's important. Disclaimer. Yeah, that, that is an important thing to know. Um, Tanner's here talking with us. She's going to give some opinions, probably. She's going to talk about experience, but she's going to talk about some of the laws and regulations. None of you suckers are paying her anything. She's not giving you legal advice. <laughs> she's Don't say, well, Tanner, Tanner said on the New Utah podcast. <laughs> she's not talking as a prophet. She's talking as a person. <laughs> Important distinction. But if in listening to Tanner, you're like, boy, I'd really like some legal advice, we'll give you all her information towards the end and and you'll be able to uh, contact her. Absolutely. So in in talking about this, what are some of the positive things? Because I know we tend to bear on the negative and because there are a lot of frustrations, but what are some of the positive things in the last couple of years that have come out? One of the biggest things for me, because I like to be a law abiding citizen is the law has changed that now you are allowed to bring alcohol into Utah for your own personal consumption. Prior to, I believe it was about two years ago, you were only allowed to bring like two bottles if you're coming from out of the country. And now it's nine liters, which is a case of wine. Um, I don't know how many bottles of beer that I would depend on what size beer <laughs> you're going for, but you can, 40s. you can, <laughs> I still don't know. You can just get, that. you can just get forties in Utah. You don't need to cross the line to That's get 40s. True, but you can bring back a case of. Um, wine, nine liters per person. And so that's nice. You're not feeling like you're doing something covert or you're going to get, you know, pulled over by a state trooper or something like that. Um, there's some technical issues with the transfer of license statute that kind of, they were bumpy and, and that's made it a little bit easier, which is a big deal because Utah liquor industry is growing. And the Transfer of License Act is really important when we have, you know, companies coming in from out of state and they're buying existing businesses. Or if you're, you know, you've been waiting on a bar license for a long time and you're trying to buy a bar license from somebody else who's wanting to retire. Those are those are some steps forward. And that's a big that's a big deal. The the license transfer thing, because it's not what happened to Lambs. Didn't they lose they lost, their license? They because lost they, it because they forgot to renew it. There was something, but they failed to notify the DEC of the change. Yeah, of that a was change. a sad. And that's the same thing that happened to another bar recently up in Bountiful. Um, that just if you if you do something with your ownership. You need to call me or call <laughs> um, that is that is something that's because at some point the DABC will be like even the commissioners, even the most hard nosed ones are like, it's the law. Like there's yeah. a there's a window of it's 60 days that you're supposed to tell somebody about it change and that was a sad day when lambs lost if theirs. you don't it's just gone yeah. well and and that uh, what, I, what i was saying too is that's a big part of what you own when you own a restaurant or a bar that has or a liquor license in this state from someone that's a big asset because they're not easy to come by right they're they're not just handing them out like candy so clearly i mean well so since the last time we spoke it's amazing how many new breweries distilleries um, I don't know if we have we got any new wineries. We do. We yeah. have a couple new wineries. We've got a cidery now. So or a couple cideries, one down in Tory and um yeah, we have we have nine wineries, I believe now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's I amazing. Was, 
I was just, uh, and I'm, and I'm going to, they've asked me back, going to be a judge at the Utah Wine Festival in Cedar City. Oh, that's so nice. awesome. It was delightful. It was really great just to see the, um, showing of how many, uh, local, and I mean, it's really funny to me because, you know, in some parts of the country, local is like, oh, the 10 mile radius from and our one the, little, it's the whole state. It's the 400 miles exactly. of, of I-15. <laughs> for sure. But um, that's, that's so good for Utah. We've talked about this many times on the podcast because of Utah's weird laws. I think it has produced some amazing breweries mm-hmm. and distilleries that had to, that have to work around Utah's, but it's created yeah. like a really cool local. The scene. culture has been great. And you know, what else wins a lot of awards are bartenders because they are making these cocktail creations. We're limited to having 1.5 ounces of the primary spirit and one ounce of a uh, flavoring or I, secondary I spirit. I couldn't make it as a bartender. I'd be fired the first <laughs> well, time. I mean, like... Yeah, but you you make drinks to make people drunk. So. <laughs> There's a difference. That is why they have those laws in Utah. That's why, that's why when Chris is around, nobody asks you to make a drink. <laughs> but you're right. They do come up with amazing concoctions because, because they're, they're flavoring it. They're giving subtleties as opposed to other places, you know, where it is. It is just more like, Oh, this is boozy and great. So, um, our bartenders, there's, you know, there's national competitions and they go and they're just, they're, they win a lot and it's really cool. That's, I mean, and that's where you go to a, a good bar that has really stand up cocktails mm-hmm. versus going to a nightclub and ordering like an AMF or a Long Island iced tea, which just, Get you the most alcohol legally allowed in the what's, state in one drink. What's the, what's the one downtown? Is it the whiskey bar? The one that's in the basement that we went to for Josh's birthday? By the pizza place. Bourbon Street? Bourbon Street. They had, they've, uh, they've had some really good cocktails in Bourbon Street. Yeah, that whole area downtown right there um, and around the corner from Bourbon Street on Main Street mm-hmm. where they've got White Horse and Whiskey Street and... The rest and um, alibi, and then you get head on down to quarters. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's getting more and more people there, and it's great because it's walkable. You're not having anybody driving, and then everybody takes an Uber home. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's just amazing which, how that. Which or- is, I'm taking another opportunity to tell you people. Riding your bike and riding a scooter is still. I was just gonna say drinking and driving. <laughs> they take, don't do they it. take Uber home or they get on one of the Lime scooters downtown. Oh, My daughter should. did that the other day, and I said, "You know that that's drinking and driving." And she said, "What?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You can't even ride a bike, sweetheart. Mm-mm. You can't. You can walk, or you can have somebody to drive you. Those are your options. And you can get a ticket for public intoxication if you're walking, and they don't. Yeah, like true, what you're doing. true. But." But she 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 didn't know. She didn't think about it. She's like, "It's a scooter." I'm like, "It's a motorized form of transportation. It's it's got wheels. Don't get on." I don't it. think yeah. you would get a DUI for skateboarding. I don't know because you can on a bike. I mean, yeah. the DUI law but, is very all encompassing. Bicycles so. have to follow the same rules as cars True. on the road. Mm-hmm. They're at least they're supposed to. Yeah. If you're I mean, drunk, have and you some... can ride a skateboard. I think you deserve to be. You're on probably it not that because. Yeah, my daughter was not very successful, and and she ended up luckily finding some people that helped her, and she she was able to get home. But I'm like, yeah, don't do that again, sweetheart. The the, the- did, did the uh, did the Broovies thing happen after we talked to you last time or before? I think it was after. I, I can't remember when that actually happened. You know what I'm talking about? When First Amendment rights? Yeah. yeah. 
That was that after because that that would that would have only been about two and a half. Was that only like two? I think years it was ago? three years ago. I think it was just it was before Deadpool, COVID. Like I thought, COVID. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was dead, movie. Was, dead, was it Deadpool two? No, I think it was just Deadpool. Or was it Deadpool? Doesn't anyway, matter. That whole disaster. It was, a, it was an R-rated movie. It was interesting just because it changed the law like that. The way that the law was written was found to be unconstitutional. It were very similar to what happened up in Idaho. They had a similar law, similar it's 2016. Issue. So it probably happened. Oh, a so that, so it would have been here. about the time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was right after we, we mm-hmm. talked to her probably. Um, yeah, that was an interesting case. And I think that that was a, I mean, very clearly they, they tried to do something there. It wasn't. <laughs> But usually with these DABC guys, I mean, you work with them all the time. My impression is they're, I mean, they're completely hamstrung by the law. They're sticking they don't, to the law. They're not trying to be. They don't douches. write the statutes. They just have to enforce them, right? Right. And end of the day, there's so many different moving parts because you have, first of all, the DABC is comprised of staff who are government employees. And they're employed by the state and they are the ones that I, you know, if I, I have six applications I need to take in tomorrow to the DABC and I'll talk with three different staff members. You also have the commissioners. Those are the people who are appointed for just two years. They all have other jobs. They are there a, a little bit. Um, they actually might get pulled in to try to work at one of the DABC stores, uh, which I think is interesting just because <laughs> due to the staffing shortages, they're being asked to do that. But for the most part, they're um, attorneys and economists and uh, people who don't deal with alcohol otherwise. And then that's the DABC. But then you have the State Bureau of Investigation. Now, yeah. the SBI, those are the guys the undercover cops who went to Bruvies and bought a beer and watched the movie. Those are the guys that work with the um, the minors, the 19-year-olds who go in with their IDs and try to get served and get busted, you know, see bust people for guys, yeah. underage. And then you also have the attorney general's office, which is, you know, deciding whether we're going to prosecute something, whether we're going to... Um, interpret this law to be more restrictive. Whether or we're not. going to waste taxpayer dollars <laughs> and fight something. So, along with that, that is kind of one of my questions. Can you tell us a little bit about what the violations are for things like drinking on the job, brown bagging, free pouring? Yeah, that's uh, so. The most common violation is service to a minor, and that's when the SBI goes in with somebody who is a minor who's employed by the state to try to buy some alcohol but then and that's a serious violation is that is that a restaurant that they do that or restaurants bars everywhere they'll basically even, anywhere that they serve alcohol? anywhere they serve out they'll even do it to like their they'll do it to their own stores they'll do it mm-hmm. to their own state liquor stores now walmart's interesting because walmart grocery stores gas stations little corner bodega anywhere that's serving that uh off-premise beer like you know you go in and you buy uh, a six pack of something that is it used to be only governed by the local city as i say like local police right exactly and so you very rarely see those busts just because that's not something that they prioritize but now the state also has to license those utah is the only state in the nation that the state regulates that low point beer every other st- every other state you might 
regulate liquor. You might regulate liquor and wine. We're the only one that does beer as well. Do they do they get to with the beer? Do grocery stores still get to order through distributors directly, or does that all have to come through the state now? It's the, the distributors will deliver it directly to them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not some crazy, ridiculous, convoluted thing where it has to go to the state liquor store and then to them. Like some other things. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they've got the, they've got the warehouses that they're it's able wild. to, yeah, get in and get trucks around. But, um, so, so, so the violation for that, it's a serious, so there's, um, minor, serious and grave offenses and that's a serious offense and that's going to come with about a thousand, fifteen hundred dollar fine, uh, and or, a suspension of your license where you're not allowed to sell alcohol for about three to five days. So for some people, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're just like, well, I don't, I don't sell a thousand dollars worth of alcohol in the whole weekend. So I'm sure I'll suspend my license for a little while. And other people are like, Psh, you know, I well, like a, ga- a gas station, like a Maverick here in town over there. I guarantee you they sell that much on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a bar and that's yeah. your whole yeah, you're <laughs> that's your whole business, you're, you're taking the fine. Um, and then if that's your first offense, if you – and then you have a, the 36 months clock starts running. And so if I you know, sell to another miner, even if it's two years later, all of a sudden we're at second offense where your fine goes up to about three grand – and a mandatory suspension. You're probably looking about five to 10 days there. Third offense, you're looking at maybe losing your license. And this is why bars and clubs ID so religiously. All the time. All if the you want to come in, you're, you're getting carded and it's getting scanned, which is also a unique Utah thing well, in and, a sense. Mm-hmm. So RSL has opened up like a little bar that you can go to before at uh, Rio Tinto Stadium. And it was funny because, like, you're going in and you're very, like, it's the daytime. It's, you know, no no one's being nefarious or anything. And you've got to get your license and stuff out. And this poor guy, he must have tried to scan our licenses. I don't know how many times. The (laughs) scanner was not working. And he was finally like, you know, I see. I looked at him. I see. Just... He finally did, but he was just like, like you could just see this inner turmoil of, I can't get this to work. Like I've got to get this to work. And then he had to get somebody to like come. And luckily it was like, it was really early and it wasn't busy or anything. But I mean, that's got to be a pain when, when you know you have to do something and then it's not even your fault. Like your equipment's faulty and you're like in this dilemma of, okay, well, what do I do? I've, a best practice is they're supposed, if the scanner breaks, they're supposed to, make a record so like a written record and then everything is supposed to be destroyed after seven days whether that is a scanner or a written record it's supposed to be but then they're also not allowed to just take a picture of your license right because that they have to write it down you're not supposed to be able to keep all of that kind of identifying information so and some of that's for tracing purposes like if there is an accident afterwards and the police need to trace it back and were you here and you know did you guys overserve or you know just it's it's Which, a little big brother but then it's 7 days it's all supposed to be gone so you get a violation for not deleting it too I'm hmm. curious about what you just said where, because they do this it's not, Utah's not the only state that does this where if someone is in an accident a DUI accident uh, and they do trace them back to where they came from and, you know, try to prove that that bar overserved them. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the, where's the, the statute there in terms of overserving? Because, you know, alcohol affects people at different levels and, and your level of impairment, the, the blood alcohol level 
is only a small part of the story. Like there are people that can walk around with like a 0.16 instead of a 0.08, which is what most legal limits are. We can walk around at a 0.16 and they're fine. They're not, they're not super impaired. They're probably to, impaired. They're just not as noticeably. They're, they're more accustomed yeah, like to drinking. You, you may not whatever. even notice as a bartender that they're actually super impaired. So where's that statute? And have we ever really gone after, has a state gone after, uh, a location for that sort of thing here. Yeah, absolutely. So we're getting into something which is more into the courts, which is not where I practice anymore. But uh, the statute is, uh, if you knew or should have known that you were over-serving somebody. And then, yes, this happens all the time when they're, not all the time, but um, there's a whole industry built up of, uh, it's called dram shop litigation. Um, some states like Utah do assign liability to if, you know, you've got three bars and bar, he went in, we were able to trace it back and he went into bar one and he had a drink. You went into bar two and had five drinks. You went into bar three and had a coffee and trace it back and figure that out. And then they've got to present that information to the jury and say, you know, we're going to pin it all on, you know, bar two. And then the jury talks amongst themselves and can divide up who's going to be responsible for what other states. I believe that it's Arizona has none on the bars. It's all personal responsibility. Mm. And we're going to sue the pants off of the person or his estate if he's dead because he died in the accident. Um, so, you know, it's very different around the country, but most states do have exactly that. And then you get you get into, you know, the blood analysis and then you're pulling videotapes because a lot of bars and restaurants now have videotapes. And so they're showing it to the jury. And then you've got the expert talking about staggering. I mean, it's it is it's and it goes on for years and it's wow. just it not seems, something I practice. It seems rather ridiculous to try. I mean, I, I'm in the in the there is a. There is a level of like you clearly shouldn't continue to serve that person alcohol and not just from a ignore the like what may happen when they leave and get in a car. But just in general, like you shouldn't over serve someone. But to be able to pinpoint liability, I think, is so difficult. It's so tough. And, you know, the when you look at where does that usually happen? It's very rarely in a bar. It's, I mean, people usually in a bar or in a restaurant, especially not it's a restaurant. Expensive. It's so How much expensive. It costs? <laughs> Holy cow. There, if you're already out and going around, you're got calling somebody to come pick you up. I'm but. like, like, cause in a bar, like, I mean, I have, I have several thousand dollars worth of liquor in my liquor cabinet. Yes, I live in Kearns. Don't come rob me from my booze. <laughs> um, I'll just give it to you. I have a ton of liquor in that liquor cabinet and, you know, like one bottle up there, if you were to pay that bottle out in shots at the freaking bar, holy cow, you buy like a $30 bottle of booze at the grocery store. I was going to say, we could probably pay the mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's insane how expensive it is to, to drink that heavily at a bar. So, um, that's why I don't ever well, get even, drunk at bars. Even at, even at like yeah. the Real game, what is it, like $9 a beer? Yeah, I just assume it's ten bucks a beer and give them the tip. Give them the tip. Yep. But, but yeah, I mean, at that price, you're not gonna. Uh, maybe you're drinking four or five, but that's one of the that's, that's one of the nice reasons that they opened up the bar because you can only get beer just stadium wide. Mm -hmm. I don't like beer, and so like I never drink. Well, they finally made money off of alcohol sales from me when they opened up the bar, and I could from go you. in and get it, <laughs> and I could go in and get it, an actual drink because I don't like beer. Otherwise, you just get loaded in the parking lot beforehand. 
I'm just saying that happens a lot. How do the like? How would that like if you're pre-gaming in like a tailgate lot and you go in, you know, and then you keep drinking at the stadium? They don't scan your ID at the stadium unless you go to the bar, so it doesn't matter. So, like, is there is there any of that comeback if if they leave the stadium and then they do something stupid and you're like, well. You know, because you can take, you can go get two beers. Like I could go up, I could buy Chris two beers legally and give them to him. And he's of a, you know, he can drink them. Um, I could get two beers. I could drink one and give him one. The person might not ever see the the person they're actually like. We see people in the stadium often that are too that are too drunk that i just like i've uh, also seen people get escorted out that were too drunk yeah (laughs) yeah and that's at anywhere whether it's in i mean an arena license um is you know one of the biggest ones that they have to keep control over but if you have a license and that premises is licensed whether it's a huge arena whether it's a teeny tiny bar or um you know whether it's a hotel and you're hosting a wedding that's a banquet your responsibility and that's why you have the liability and um that's why you pay insurance and uh you're supposed to have control over those premises and obviously it's not a perfect system what uh, what I really wish I could see in Utah happen is, you know, when I go when I go stay at a at a for instance, I stayed at a hotel in Huntington Beach this last year, and uh, the hotel had a happy hour where they just gave booze to their guests of age. You had wine and local beers that they just cracked open and poured for you, and for two hours you could drink as much as you wanted. Just and they were doing it wasn't even at the bar; they were just doing it at the lobby front desk. And that, you just can't do that in Utah. Actually, (laughs) not to that extent, but there is a new law, and I believe it was just this last session, just in the 2020 Mm -hmm. session, um, or 2021, that allows a, if you hold a hotel license, which there's a certain number of hotel rooms you have to have in order to be a hotel, to get the hotel license, you are allowed, the manager is allowed to give a one complimentary beverage and that can be wine or beer to a guest of the hotel. And there's lots of restrictions around it. Um, and they, they're monitoring it pretty closely, but I think it's something that was happening already at some of our finer establishments <laughs> and they're just codifying it. But, um, so not cracking open and going forward. Um, uh, but yeah, that's something that is allowed. They also codified no mini bars. So, yeah. So no mini bars in Utah. Yeah, no. Well, mini bars, but no alcohol in them. Yeah. I was just gonna say, there's no. I, I can't remember the last time, but I know that like, and this is years. This is so like, I'm gonna say decades. Like it's it's been a while. I remember we were up at Snowbird, and each of the restaurants slash bars, or if you're there as part of a convention, they have specific licenses for those different things. And so, like we had been in our convention drinking, but we had to finish our alcohol before we could leave the room. And then we went to the bar and, but we couldn't walk out of the bar with the drink. So you have to drink it. And, and I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, all it did was cause us to hurry and finish our drink. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest issues. Um, I had a, <laughs> that I see in Utah liquor laws. I had a client recently who was like, it's like a bunch of vegetarians building a steakhouse. <laughs> um, yeah, the idea that you can't have um, 
you know, you can't have more than one drink on the table in front of you. You've got to finish your beer before you can get the next one. Um, it, it does. It just increases people wanting to finish that beer and drink more quickly and want to get, get done with it. And, um, just not understanding the concepts and culture of social drinking, not drinking to get drunk, but just social drinking. And this is, you know, part of the experience, um, does lead to unintended consequences like that, having to well, yeah, that, finish things. To have a, a sampler beer with your dinner and have two or three mm-hmm. is the point's not to just get drunk. The point is like when you go to the Bohemian to try two or three different ones. With, I want to try the flights because yeah, I want to try yeah. all the yeah. right. 10 beers they offer on tap. Absolutely. Well, they just serve you a little bit less and then they, you have the maximum. No, amount, they have to bring right? them. They have to. Well, I that swear was a lot, you've no, seen a little. That was a lot of the change. So you used to be able, to. years ago, you used to be able to get the sampler, like the full eight flights, like all eight different beers. Now they have to bring them to you in much smaller chunks. I think like three or four at a time is all they can bring out. I can't remember. I don't remember the total number of ounces that you're allowed, but it's the total in front of yeah. you at yeah, one it can time only be. has to be a certain amount. And then there's also some laws that. Uh, the there's the law you're allowed to bring in a bottle of wine. I'm allowed to bring in a bottle of wine into a restaurant and they can charge me a corkage fee. That's in the law. I cannot bring in a can of wine. <laughs> Not that I would want to, but it says bottle. And it's very specific about bottle. I cannot bring in a bottle of beer. Um, you can't bring in a bottle of liquor. So it's and, very specific. And just canned wines wine. are getting really popular. We had uh, uh, Jimmy Santangelo on, I don't know, yeah. like a year ago, and he brought in some, oh, some yeah, canned yeah, yeah. wine. Um, and then he's, he said that start, it's starting to really pick They're up. They're starting the to do a wine. much better job about uh, Well, it's kind of like canned beer was frowned upon mm-hmm. a while ago. You'd say, oh, canned beer, that's cheap garbage. But then it's gotten to the point where now canned beer is actually – Decent yeah. Oh, I mean, I, some of the, and I, Jimmy's awesome. He was down at the Utah Wine Fest. Just, he knows so much. He's just such a encyclopedia of, um, booze knowledge. But, uh, I think that, yeah, like the canned beverages, now it's wine and cocktails. We've got uh, a lot of Utah yeah. cocktail companies that are, um, producing those. They just go so well with all of the outdoors and all of the adventuring and everything that Utah stands for as far as, um, yeah, adventuring and being outside and then, you know, floating down the green river. And after, at the end of the night, you're wanting to have a can of wine. I don't want to have to bring along a corkscrew <laughs> with me. Yeah. When I go camping, it's the box because that's the Because right. you can take oh, the bladder out uh, and put it in the water. In the drag water. it behind you. Yeah. yeah. You Black box is pretty decent. <laughs> no. That's not. So what are some of the funner things you've been funner. working on? Funner. More fun. More fun. Funnest. Funnest. Well, the, uh, enjoyable? <laughs> I will say the Most wine fun. festival was very enjoyable. That is just had their third year. That's down in Cedar City. I believe it was over Labor Day. And, um, that was just really cool to get to see all of the producers and, um, the, there were sommeliers from a lot of the really nice resorts and areas. And it was just, that was really cool to get to see that. Where do they hold that in Cedar? There's a winery on one of the little streets. It's IG Winery, Iron Gate Winery. Mm-hmm. And they had a lovely tasting room. And then Jimmy was, did the night before, he did a cocktail class outside. Oh, and fun. then we had a big dinner out at uh, Red Acre Farms. And it was just, um, just That's awesome. really, really cool to see a lot of the industry people down there. That was really neat. 
um, getting to do lots of new manufacturing. I'm seeing that coming online quite a bit, uh, constantly talking with people wanting to start a brewery, start a distillery, seeing, seeing projects like that. So who are some of the new ones coming up? That you can talk oh, that about. You, that you can talk about. <laughs> I was about to say. Well, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, uh, uh, there's, I mean, there's, I don't even know that I. Because I know since we, since we met, I know Holy Stone's come on. Mm-hmm, Holy Stone's is still uh, Strap yeah. Tank. Strap Tank Brewery. Still haven't been down there yet. I know, we still haven't been there. I think Talisman's been since, because mm-hmm. they're only about three years they're old. They're only about three they? years yeah. old. Yeah. Talisman. Uh, Etta Place Cidery. They're down in Torrey. They're doing some great stuff. Um, the Cyan Cider Bar just opened up, I think this week, um, that they opened up. And so they're, Carrying a lot of Utah yeah. ciders and well, you can from thank uh, Mountain West for pioneering some of the Absolutely. cidery stuff. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Big, like totally. Jeff has been doing such that's, a good job so with. Good. Yeah, I think they won some awards at the Wine Fest because technically the way the laws are made, mm-hmm. the cideries are I, under I, the. When we when we interviewed them, laws. they had just just recently opened, like within the like within six months, give or take. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things he was talking about. Is it's he's like, like it's more like beer, but we're licensed, but we're, we're a like winery. winery. The way it, but we it also is. It's difficult. We also interviewed the first winery in Salt Lake. We sure yeah. did. The <sighs> summon, the summon, the people. summon the temple, su- the summon temple. They have oh my god, their license, their, their license is number one. That's awesome. That's really cool. It was really cool. We got when they let us go in the temple, and you could see. Behind one of the walls, like where they where have they their, their wine, wine set up, because it's just for consumption during their religious Ceremonies. practice. But really it cool. was really so cool. They don't sell it; they nope. just make enough to keep the license or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, so that they can per, so that know. they can produce it for their their ceremonies, yep. and they do it for their ceremonies. That's fascinating. <laughs> and they were the oh first. Oh my goodness! Wine I need to learn more about this. And yeah, they're right in downtown. Amazing temple yeah. with a, a pyramid perfect pyramid it was a fun interview because I, at first they were very guarded with us because they We've were i think they were concerned you know about us making fun but we were just really we just wanted to know about yeah. it and cool so the more they realized that we we're just wanted serious. to know yeah then they open up and then and then at the end they let us go in and and see the temple That's it was awesome. really cool so let's see salt flats mm-hmm. opened their spirits side of things mm-hmm. when we interviewed them it was just the brewery yeah, they were trying but they were trying that. to get through i went and just um donated blood there uh, about a month ago at their location yeah they had the they had the bus i always i did it at the dbc a few months before that mm-hmm. i was right behind governor cox giving <laughs> blood that's that fun. was a bonding experience and so yeah and then there's another one that's across the street from salt flats Forget there's um That's a new one? Quite a few. No, it was there was there a little bit before Salt Flats was. Um there's just been quite a few new places. Something else fun that I've done that was new for me. I am there is one license in Utah that is the public service permit. And the public service permit is the one that airlines have and uh the the trains and so there is a new train that just opened up they have a very short season i think it's just from september october and middle of november but they (laughs) uh they they just go from moab to denver and it's beautiful glass (gasps) canopy we could go to moab and then ride to see cassie in denver that would be a beautiful across the mountains there through grand junction it is. Oh. It's lovely. It's a Canadian company, and they had 
they they have a few lines up in the northwest and um up you know out of Banff and so anyway that's the only licensed type where you're allowed other than that one hotel one drink that you're allowed to give away on the public service permit you're allowed to give away alcohol because um you know when you're in first class and you're sitting in the oh, gate right. at Delta at the I airport. I never thought about that. That's yeah. an interesting thing. And that's how the Del- like the clubs, the in the airport, the airport lounges yeah, that they're like the allowed Sky to. Club and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. They have free alcohol. They're still in Utah. They still have to be licensed. I didn't even think about that. That's interesting. So what's that train called? Do you know what that's called? The Rocky Mountaineer. Rocky Mountaineer. I don't know. That, that, that might up. be a thing we actually do. So my daughter moved to Denver uh, last summer. Um, and I'm always looking for reasons to go what see her. What a way her. to get there. I mean, so. I, I wouldn't, you know, and I'm looking through and the, you know, we're having to make a presentation to the DABC because it's kind of a unique thing. Anytime you've got something new, you need to have it. And, you know, with their presentation, the pictures, I was like, this is great. All oh, aboard the wine train. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Plus we could just call Cassidy and get off the thing and she'd just come and pick us up at the station and there you go. So do you think uh, there's a chance speaking of Denver, you know, one of my one of my favorite places is Dave and Buster's. But Utah's it's, a very different experience at Dave and Buster's. So we got we got to get a little background. So Chris had been talking about Dave and Buster's for years. It was one of his favorite places. He loved to go there. Because so that, when we go to Colorado for so, RSL games, you go in and you walk around and you So drink. they opened the one down in the is it in the gateway? It's in the gateway. In yeah. the gateway. So it had just opened, so this was whatever, two, three years ago when it opened, and Chris decides we're going to go there for for my birthday. So we all go, we're all super excited, and then we get there and realize, oh, this is going to be a Utah thing. Because, you, you, <laughs> you know, everywhere else, when you go into Dave & Buster's, they do have a restaurant, and you can sit down and eat and drink and, and whatever. And you can still go in and sit down and eat and drink at Dave & Buster's But their arcade, you can carry your drinks around the arcade, and in fact, most of them have bars in the middle of the arcade, which you can also sit at and order food. And they have wait staff that comes around and, and, and serve cocktails and stuff like that. So you can walk around and they have tables and you set your drink down, you play a game, you pick it up, you take a drink. Um, and it's, it's a really fun environment. It's similar to essentially quarters downtown. Um, but in a much bigger, more amazing fashion with, I don't know. It's like Vegas. It's basically like a casino, kids. but for tickets. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the only casino nearby me that I'll have to drive two hours for. But uh and so I really enjoy that. But do you think Utah will ever get to a point where we can actually entrust that <laughs> kids seeing an adult drinking in an arcade's not going to turn them into an alcoholic by the age of 12? Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's a business decision that they wanted to have a restaurant license instead of a bar license because they need that. Because they obviously need the kid made the decision yeah. that we want to have families in here. I don't know. I mean, we we were we had that we had what was called a dining club license, where that was something that you know it still it had to have that. This is a bar sign. Well, yeah, and on it was it. a club, so you had to be sponsored or have a membership. No, no, was it was. Different? You just had to the underage people had to be in accompanied by an adult, oh. and you were very much you were making the decision as the parent. That you were taking your child. So yeah, your your 16 year old couldn't just go in by themselves. No, they could not. And so that was taken away. They just decided, you know what? We want to just make this delineation. We want you to be a restaurant or be a bar. We are not allowing it both being together. I 
have not heard any movement towards changing that back. The fact that they uh, made the population higher for licenses <laughs> leads me to believe that's not going to be a thing that that changes. What? Uh, so it's it is the end of the year, and we're going to start up here in about a month, month and a half. We'll have the 2022 legislative session, and I know you're often very heavily involved and in, in understand what's going on. What are the talkings of what's new? What's going to be proposed in this next year? Do you know? I don't. I mean, it's always such a closed door conversation. And as we spoke about before, it always seems like there's so much give and take, you know, what, what, what is it that we really want to see? Um, I have hopes for something that we lost a few years ago, which was the ability for, cities to grant variances if you wanted to build a restaurant that was within 300 feet of a park or a library or a school. Um, now it, it, it drives people crazy because there'll be like four or five restaurants that are right here downtown in Sugar House. And hey, that, that library is right across the street. I've had clients who you know, bought a place and applied for a liquor license right next door to somebody who's already got a bar right next door. And then they're like, well, you're too close. You're like, wait, what? Wait, no. And it's because the law changed. And the cities used to be able to say like, yeah, we're fine with it. It's a little restaurant that we're we're happy to have you guys there. Um, And they took that ability away. So possibly that that would be awesome if we got that back because there's so many places in small towns where you're gonna be 300 feet away or four 600 feet away from yeah, especially the really small these towns. little little parks or a little church or a little you know something so that would be interesting to see um i mean everybody would love to see more bar licenses but that's getting some pretty negative feedback from the powers that be in the legislature, but you, from the vegetarians, you never know. From yep. the vegetarians <laughs> don't want to make any more steakhouses. Um, there might be a little bit of modernizing as far as, uh, how, how items are ordered. Um, you know, nothing like having wine clubs, nothing have, like having anything delivered directly to your house, but Still right. Still a bummer. Right now, you know, special orders and things like that, you don't pay until you get to the facility and, um, you might, you know, might be able to do something where instead of having to go in and wander around and pick up everything that you might be able to have it all ready for you to go. So just a little more streamlined, so make things easier for employees. Why the, why are you not allowed to have like the wine club? I mean, I know you can't, but what's the reason? I think that they're trying know? to keep kids from. Pretending they're you their mean, parents or something. You mean order. delivery to the doors? Yes, that's it. It's to avoid uh, the possibility that minors will get into it, which is the same reason for hotel rooms not having many bars. It's you, just you need somebody controlling access. And you can't join a wine of the month club because they want their taxes. <laughs> that's a big part of it, I'm sure. That is a big part of I'm it. I'm sure they could figure out a way to tax it, though. I mean, but, but not what? tax it and also make profit. The eighty percent or whatever it's going to be. They have they have the booze. Scotch yeah. of the Month Club. That's what I would join. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. So I just nice. I, I would like to see. So I, I like. There's a store down in Vegas at the, in the Venetian called Spirits and uh, Spice. That's my favorite. And place. they do 
the the whole store is nothing but small batch like scotches and whiskeys mm-hmm. and, liqueurs. and and liqueurs that they've created some specialty and wines some spices. and then they have a, a <laughs> spice shop as well uh, but you can go in there and it is i mean it's all it's a very expensive whiskey and scotch and it's really good stuff and, and you can taste it i would love to be able to go down there and spend as much money as i normally spend in there and when I fly back, not have a problem shipping that stuff home, but I can't. No, yeah, we're not, we don't allow any shipment to your house. All of our producers here, well, the ones that are allowed to, can ship things out of state, um, yeah. but you, they can't ship things to people in within the state. It's so crazy. Yeah, um, and not every state will allow you to ship wine sure. or sh- and even less allow you to ship liquor. And we're but. not the only crazy state with state-run liquor stores. Right. You can no. go to Pennsylvania. It's worse. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, we do have a few importers who have really figured out how to make the special order system really work. And I've had some really good experiences with some small wine importers, um, Terrastoria and Vin 7000, and there's a few other ones that they have, they have the SKUs set up so that if you go online or if you've been somewhere and you really like their wines and you're like, all right, I'm going to buy the bowl, I'm going to buy a case or some of these, they figured out that a case can be any number that they want. So they'll be like <laughs> a six pack. Um, and you enter the SKU and it, it shows up three weeks later and the DABC calls me and says, Hey, your wine's here. And I go to the store and I pick it up and I get something that, that I clever. wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. But you can order a case of. Three. <laughs> well, because that's the problem. If the importer is yes. willing to package them in that and make a skew and have it done. So, because the average person doesn't want a case of 20 bottles of wine. Right, right. Because it's well, well, maybe for a wedding or something. But, but yeah. so it's, mm-hmm. it's too cost prohibitive to do it that way. Right. And so that's, you just, this is what you're getting. Um, and also, that's a few small companies. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if I go to some lovely vineyard in California that's super tiny, they're not going to want to set up a whole program with the DABC's ordering purchase just so that they can ship it to me. <laughs> How do you think the, and maybe you, you don't know a lot about this because you don't really deal with it, but the change to the, the, the raffle system from the coveted just knowing someone when the really good stuff comes in. <laughs> That was interesting. That was a really big deal. That was a bit, the not a lottery. Yeah. The not a lottery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there was just getting to be too much publicity on it and there was getting to be a little too much scrutiny into the DABC on like, wait a minute, how is this really happening? We now, how is this fair. guy ending up with these $90 bottles of Pappy yeah. every year? The hard thing is that, um, I mean, I've, and I, I've entered every single raffle and I haven't yeah. won <laughs> one yet. Um, but, only us as individuals are allowed to enter. The retailers aren't even allowed to enter it. So the bar, you know, even though they would have just the same amount of chance as anybody else, they don't, they don't get to enter, which is, which is kind of a bummer, bad. right? Yeah. Because you, you think of a, a bar could get a hold of a bottle of Pappy, you know, they could charge a ton for that. In this and they state. would be known as the only guys in the state. Yeah. The Pappy <laughs> Van Winkle and they could charge pretty much whatever they wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And they'd run out really fast. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, so I was, kind of funny story, maybe funny. I was at the liquor store a week or two ago and the person checking out in front of me was arguing with the guy 
behind the desk that he wanted all of them in the display case. And the guy's like, no, you're only allowed to have one. And I don't know exactly what it was because I kind of came in. It was yeah. something special. So, but he... But he said, well, I just came back from the Harriman one and they sold me everything they had. Eesh. And the guy's like, well, I don't know about that, but they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And the guy got really mad and I want to talk to your manager. And so he gave him the, the DABC number and the guy stormed out. <laughs> and as he storms out, one of the other employees comes in and goes, oh, it's that California guy. He does that all the time. <gasps> well, first of all, he wants to resell it. first of all. We need to be so nice to those poor store employees. Yes. Oh, I they know. are so <laughs> they deal with so much. They are, and they're not the under, ones that, that set the law. But that is something that we are seeing. I don't even know if it's um something super special and rare behind the case, but uh supply chain issues. The DABC has had to do a maximum of two per order on things just like tequila, just like on Patron, on, and then there's a few other things. They're probably going to start doing it on, um, some champagnes as well. Just. Mm. Oh yeah. I'd heard about the champagne problem. And we are not the only state. There are other states that are putting limits on it as well. Other control states where they have the ability to regulate it. They do. And I'm sure, I mean, yeah, end of the day, if you're a state store employee, <laughs> some guy's yelling at you. I mean, I don't know that they're keeping track. I think it's no. just more of a policy, but it is terrible. Um, but I feel that's sorry not for those you. guys, especially when you're in there on the line is like uh, clear and it's like, just be nice to just those be people. Nice. Just show your ID. Everybody is going to show your ID. Just let them pack. I'm like, eh, pack it however. I don't care. Do whatever's easiest for you. I'll just. I got it. I, yeah, I don't absolutely. care. But yeah. I, I suppose that's a thing where out-of-staters come and figure they can buy up everything here and then take it back and sell it. Because we do have the small producer markup. So the markup typically is, uh, I think, 86% mm-hmm. across the board. But um, for wineries that are under a certain amount of production here in Utah, um not just in Utah, but in anywhere, if you are a small producer and you meet that qualification, the markup is, I believe, only 30-something percent. And it's set. And that's why Pappy's, you can buy it here for what? If you get it, it's $200 as opposed to anywhere else. Where, where it's you're paying over a 1000 12000 But because or... it's set by statute, so they I, don't have the choice to mark it up. I always forget the difference. But we'll, So we were in Hawaii in October and we went to Costco, oh, yeah. and the bottle of Jack, the big, big one, was like twenty nine dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! That'd be pushing. And that's on an island. Bucks. That's on an island in the middle of the ocean. I know. It, it's just it, it blows you away when you go other places, and you're like, oh man. But it, it can be the opposite if you're ever looking at wine in the mm-hmm. state store, and you see those little shop talkers. You know, the little things uh-huh. that say ninety seven percent. It'll say sometimes down in the bottom, like, cause they'll say, you know, the Robert Parker and he gives it this, 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 and then it'll be, you know, $34. But then you look at the DABC price and you're like, wait, it's, it's $19. Yeah, and it's because of that, like everywhere else. And so you it's, can sometimes get a deal, but and, not for the most part. And now, not for the well, big not stuff. Not for your basics. If no. you want, exactly. if you want the cheap stuff that's sold everywhere, you know, next time you go down to Mesquite or you go over to Wendover, you go up to Idaho, buy whatever you want. You can have a case of it and bring it back down. Not going to get in trouble, right? Not now. No, as long as it's, yeah, the, the nine liters, you know, and, and one of the things that I would really like to see from the legislature this year, but I don't know that there's going to be much movement on it is that 
you know, the retailers, the bars and restaurants are paying the same price we're paying. That's insane. And so they're not getting any kind of a dis, there's no retailer discount. That's and, why your drinks well, cost. That's so why a shot's $8. Well, and that's I mean, why. it's also that because it's a convenience fee. Somebody's well, it pouring is. it for you, but yes. It that's, is. that's one of the things that's unusual. Even though there are 17 other control states in the country, all but one of them does give a discount to their retailers in the state just because they recognize there's already going to be a markup. These are repeat buyers. There's, you know, for all the reasons that anybody who buys in bulk would get a yeah. discount and also just helping the bars and restaurants that have been having quite well, the tough couple with years. COVID and everything else. Speaking uh-huh. of that, what have were any regulations changed or or anything due to COVID? Because I know there was a lot of talk about, um, you know, when when you order something at a restaurant to take away, you can't take away a, an alcoholic beverage. You can order a Coke or something. Right, but- right. No, there really wasn't. There was. I mean, there was a big push and I, I tried so hard because, um, you know, I did a survey of all the other states and here's what every other state is doing. And almost all of them did to go if it was bottled, you know, like bottle of wine, bottle of, um, beer. And then so many of them even did cocktails to go as long as it's in a sealed container. And you judges did not budge. They did nothing. They did a little bit of a grace period on renewal fees and licensing fees and, putting that off for a little while. But other than that, there really wasn't, there really wasn't much. Um, you know, they, they allowed some places to close indefinitely, but they already had the power to do that. That wasn't like any, yeah. anything actually changed. Anything actually helped. No. So Tanner, how do people get a hold of you if they want help, you know, opening their bar or restaurant or distillery or, you know, if they need some legal advice, how do they get a hold of you? Um, I am on email. You've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, so Tanner.Leonard at Christian.com or I'm on Twitter at UT Liquor Lawyer. I'm on Instagram at Utah Liquor Lawyer. And I think if you just Google Utah Liquor Lawyer, you'll probably find me as well. <laughs> I've awesome. run across you at my work because I work in an insurance agency with some restaurants. So that's, that was fun when I, cause it was after we'd interviewed you. So. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. So I know we asked you, we had a, a question years ago that we used to ask everything, uh, which was, you know, what's the one thing that you, uh, would tell someone visiting the state they had to do before they leave, but we've changed that question. Oh, yeah. And so I'm curious from your perspective, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Man. Um, I'll just go for very recently, found some secret pictographs down outside of Capitol Reef National Park. Oh, cool. And to be able to just go on a hike and walk up and see something that was made thousands of years ago is really unreal. Just that you can stumble across that here in the state is really, really Still cool. Still graffiti free? Um... <laughs> For the most part. Yeah. There were, there were, you know, it's like the one panel over here. And then at what point is it graffiti? And what point of, is it like, you know, 1897? Just, you know, and they didn't carve over it. Well, I'm like, that's what they, like the, the the pictographs, like I, I had this discussion with someone, the pictographs and the petroglyphs and stuff. Like I know they're really old, but what's the difference between that and the people making markings up at the mouth of Parley's on a rock? Mm-hmm. Right? Is there really a difference? Because that might have been graffiti back then. We don't know. We weren't alive. 
I know, I know. <laughs> so I think I about like thought. that can't be the only art they made. That's just the only art that's lasted. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think they put a little bit more effort into it than spray, <laughs> spray paint, maybe. I don't know. They're just is, writing their name on something. We're going to get really esoteric into what is art. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Tanner, for joining us. I really thanks, appreciate guys. it. This is fun. Let's do it again another four years. You got uh, it. <laughs> and if you guys like what you heard or you didn't like what you heard, I don't really care if you share the episode. <laughs> uh, that's really all I'm asking for. You can follow us on social media at TNU Podcast. Or visit our website, thenewutah.com. We'll have all of Tanner's information there as well when, when we put up the blog post for this episode. Um, I want to thank Folk Hogan again for uh, our intro and outro music. Those guys are awesome. Uh, go find a show that they're playing. I'm sure they'll be playing one soon. They've been playing a little bit more. Uh, and, and shop local. Yeah, with the holidays, I, I think they're doing some holiday shows. Yeah, they usually do. And, and uh, thankfully, finally, bars and restaurants are picking back up and having more normal business and hopefully this stupid Omicron variant is not going to create um, too much disturbance for them I would hope so uh, and like like I, like we said earlier shop local um, you know as you're doing your holiday shopping go check out the boutiques and um, there's lots of great places and buy local booze like we said uh, whether you do it from the DABC or go to one of the distilleries and buy it direct as a, a package distribution agency or something. I don't remember what license that is. Uh, uh, And that'll do it. Have a good week. Thanks, kids. Thanks.